I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for over 200 years. And we get to be alive at the time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe that the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America and that soon those involved are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4am talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire as America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. That God has raised up an army of God, his remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And finally, we'll see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan and that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you. And I hope you'll join me and all the blessed to teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. All right, here we are. 
on Pentecost Sunday, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. That's Acts 2-4, uh, where we had some, this is Pentecost Sunday, so I'm excited to be celebrating this with you guys today. Um, and you know that I already taught a lot on the Pentecost because the Jewish people that count the actual days would be 24th through the 27th, so it actually ended uh, last night for uh, the official Pentecost, right? But most Christians will be celebrating Pentecost Sunday today, so we'll talk a little bit about that and get into Daniel 4 as well. Now, we also have a new song we're going to be debuting. Um, I think you'll lo love it. It's called uh, Hosanna, Praise is Rising, right? We'll talk a little bit about what Hosanna really means, what it meant before in the Old Testament, what it meant in the New Testament. So we've got a great uh, Sunday word and worship uh, lined up for you today. So I'm just going to lift this up in prayer. And then we will start with some music, a couple of songs to just get in the mood. We have, uh, most of you probably have not seen also Noah Build a Ark. Uh, I'm sorry, Noah Build a Boat Song by Curtis Grimes, uh, one of the guys that we've had on the show several times. Beautiful country music artist. So we're kind of getting a little more variety in the word and worship and to praise and prayer. So let me lift this up right now. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for loving us enough to send the Holy Spirit down in power and glory uh, on Pentecost Sunday, way back several, several thousand years ago. Thank you for even the, the Feast of Weeks, the Shavuot, that uh, you, you left for the Jewish people to be um, celebrating, and you tell us to celebrate that forever. So may we continue to honor this holiday, not just for Jesus as ascension and then the Holy Spirit coming as he sends a helper to us, but also for the in the past and what that really means and how Jesus fulfilled all the feasts, including the Feast of Weeks that has just ended here last night, Lord. We just thank you for allowing us to understand your word. May it penetrate to our souls and allow us to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. Lord, we uh, just say these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Hey, with that, um, let's start with some praise. Um, we're going to get into Blessed Be the Name of the Lord to start out with. This is a beautiful song. I mean, and we've always picked songs that have heavy uh, scriptural basis to them, right? And they're just beautiful praise and worship songs. And so this one is one of those, um, the very name of the song talks, right, points to Psalm 113, 2 through 3. And it says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. It's so important that we use praise and worship as our weapon against the enemy in this evil times. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. So even when you're going through hard times, you can, you can rejoice. That's what 1 Peter 4.13 says. But rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed to the revelation of his glory. You give and take away. And this is amazing when you just think of uh, what Job, who went through all that, those problems, um, losing all everything and he said the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the Lord in all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong and then the, when darkness closes in it looks like that what this cabal is trying to do to us right Psalm 23 4 tells us clearly even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me so just remember the Lord is with us right now even in hard times 
and we can just worship him no matter what the circumstances is and he's going to come through for us again blessed be the name of the lord
Woo! Tell you what, uh, you can tell it's a live show uh, when my microphone's not working. <laughs> so you guys didn't hear my prayer. You didn't hear me reading the scriptures. But uh, at least you had some background music going where we got the mic. Um, just, uh, just my whole checklist I should have gone through in more detail. Apologize about that. But we are going into Pentecost Sunday is what I was talking about. This is a beautiful time to celebrate um, the Lord in many, many different ways, right? And uh, right now, um, just to let you know, we already talked in pretty much detail on Pentecost on Thursday night. That really went in because the reason that was is uh, and a little bit on Wednesday as well because it was the 24th to the 27th is the when that celebrated, right? With the 26th being the key day. So it's over with. It just uh, um, the Pentecost Sunday went from the official counting to Omer for 49 um, days, seven weeks, right? That's a feast of weeks, so Vuat it's called. And um, but most Christians will be celebrating it as this is Pentecost Sunday, right? But we need to celebrate both of these things, right? What God did in the Old Testament uh, with the Feast of Weeks and how important that is. He said to have that as a forever uh, statute, and then obviously it was emphasized when um, Christ ascended and then sent His Holy Spirit down. Obviously, that Holy Spirit coming to us on Pentecost Sunday. So we read all through that in Peter's sermon. If you want to go see that back on, I believe, on Thursday. And then here we are on uh, on uh, Pentecost Sunday. We'll hit that a little bit. But we're also going to study Daniel 4. So I'm just going to lift this up to the Lord real quick since uh, he heard me the first time, but you guys didn't. Uh, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the beautiful Feast of Weeks for the Pentecost, the Savuot, Lord, uh, that we can celebrate every single year to know that you love us so much that you uh, saved us from our sins, and that this is a pilgrimage feast. We'll talk about that a little bit today. Uh, Lord, just may uh, you, your word uh, just penetrate to the soul and teach us what you want us to know during this time period. Allow us to understand uh, these different um, things, like what Hosanna meant and what, how Daniel 4 actually applies to us, how, how, how this whole Savuat and uh, the, the, the counting of the over, how does that apply to us today? Lord, allow us to understand that, and we just uh, submit ourselves to you. We love you, and we say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's get into a, a fun song that uh, Curtis Grimes, who was one of our one of our um, guests that we've had several times on the Blessed Teach Show, and he uh, allowed us and gave us permission to take one of his our favorite songs of his. It's a very short song, but it uh, it's a fun song about Noah built a boat, right? And... Uh, we will dig into that right now and uh, we obviously we attach scripture to it and then we have a videographer do video associated with the lyrics so i think you really enjoy this new style of song that's more fun and cute let's dig into this this is noah built a boat and we obviously pointed back to genesis 6 where noah built a boat sitting in the sand told everyone everybody said man you lost your mind this time that thing ain't never gonna float so back in genesis 6 you see moses being told by moses being told by god make yourself an ark of gopher wood make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch if you look at how the size of noah's ark some people think it's fictional it had plenty of room it's huge especially for that time period luke 137 uh, emphasizes the second verse here that we talk about and that is so let them call you crazy maybe it's true but there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith and a whole lot of hope 
just like Luke 137 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. So in this time, everybody's calling us crazy. You don't have to feel that way. When God opens a door, he will lead you through. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. Revelation 3, 8. And the last verse we emphasize in this song, it says, So take every chance you get, and don't you quit. Because if you believe it's true, it starts with you. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Right there, it's all scriptural. Let's worship to Noah build a boat. People gonna tell you you're crazy fool. Dreams are something you wake up from and not pursue. When God opens a door, well, he'll lead you through. So take that leap of faith or you regret what you didn't do. Remember, Noah built a boat sitting in the sand. Told everybody, everybody said, man, you've lost your mind this time. That thing ain't never gonna float. So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true. But there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith. And a whole lot of hope wasn't even supposed to rain When Noah built a boat It won't be easy And that's a cold hard fact It can spin you around, flip you upside down Leave you flat on your back And when you think you can't Just hold your head up high Till it rains for 40 days and 40 nights Remember Noah built a boat Sitting in the sand Told everybody, everybody Sitting, man, you've lost your mind this time That thing ain't never gonna float So let them call you crazy Maybe it's true But there's nothing impossible to do With a little bit of faith and a whole lot of hope wouldn't even supposed to rain When Noah built a boat So take every chance you get, don't you quit Cause if you believe it's true, it starts with you Noah built a boat sitting in the sand Told everybody, everybody sitting Man, you've lost your mind this time That thing ain't never gonna float So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true But there's nothing impossible to do With a little bit of faith And a whole lot of hope wasn't even supposed to rain When Noah built a boat Last verse that the giraffe will show us. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap 
if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9. Hmm. Isn't that cute? <laughs> so before we get into our new song, I want to do a little bit of teaching first. Um, but that is a new song called Noah Build a Boat. We have another one that's coming up that we'll be debuting for the first time. We, we did Noah Build a Boat a couple days ago on Friday night, praise and prayer. Uh, I'm sorry, Friday night, word and worship. So we do praise and prayer on Mondays and Thursdays. And then we do word and worship on Friday where we're going over the book of John with Gus. And Chris was there. Chris Wagner from Ark of Grace Ministries. Amanda's husband was there with us teaching as well. Um, he's, can speak, he's speaking in full sentences after recovery from his brain surgery. So if you really want to see something special, it was what a blessing to see Chris bold enough to be um, actually worth me and me and Chris teaching on, on the book of John chapter 8. <laughs> that was a special moment. Amanda does a surprise exper- uh, a, a, a surprise uh, a visit as well with the with the chef with two of the two of her dogs, so that'll be fun too for you to go see if you miss it. That's Friday night word and worship. This is Sunday morning word and worship, and it's Pentecost Sunday, and so let's dig into that. I know you couldn't hear me when I read this verse earlier, but let's dig into that. That is, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Again, I did a full. Um, sermon on the Pentecost on Thursday, so we're not going to repeat that, but I did want to quickly go over this Feast of Weeks, or the Savuot, Pentecost. Savuot means weeks, it's a, and again, it was a pilgrimage feast, there's three of these, right? There's one in the fall, and there's obviously this one that's at, at, at uh, where we have the Passover, and then 50 days later, after 49 days of counting the Omer, um, this, that's the seven weeks, right? You then have that 50th day, Pentecost means 50. That is when we celebrate Pentecost. And that, again, was the 24th or 27th. just ended last night. That's why we talked on it a little bit early. Uh, but most Christians will be celebrating Pentecost uh, uh, this Sunday. Pente- they call it Pentecost Sunday. So again, it's the Feast of Weeks. It just, just got completed from May 25th to 27th. Festival or reaping. It's the day of first fruits, spring harvest. The Torah was given. We went over a lot of these scriptures. Again, um, it's all about that Holy Spirit coming down and uh, how it points to Old Testament and New Testament. And it's really teaching about God's teachings versus man's. And it's really the beginning of the church age, if you think about uh, that. Because after that happened, wow, boom, you had the 3,000 people come to Christ on the day of Pentecost. And amazing things started to happen. There's some other scriptures that I, that I thought that was interesting in this little article here. That just talks about the, you can count seven, this is Deuteronomy that I haven't read yet. You shall count seven weeks for yourself. You shall begin to count seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. That's that counting of the Omer every day. Then you shall celebrate the Feast of Weeks to the Lord your God with tribute of free will offering in your hand, which you shall give just as the Lord your God blesses you. You know, we can't pilgrimage to Jerusalem, all of us, right, uh, during this holiday of Feast of Weeks. Uh, many do in Israel now. And I'll be there in a couple of weeks, if from, and it's from the 8th to the 20th, which will be just a beautiful thing with Chris and Amanda and, 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 and uh, Gus. So it will be a beautiful time. Um, we'll be fighting No Harari and all the riots he's trying to do there, so uh, uh, prayers would be appreciated. Um, you shall celebrate the Feast of Weeks here in Exodus. That is the first fruits of the harvest of the wheat harvest and the Feast of Ingathering at the turn of the year. And Deuteronomy 16 gets into this, but I'm going to skip to here to 2 Chronicles. Now I'll get into the New Testament. 
and did so accordingly to the daily rule, offering them up according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and three annual feasts. So these three annual feasts are talking about the pilgrimage feast, right? The Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. So you can see this is one of the three major holidays that require you, major feasts that require you to go back to Jerusalem. Uh, the, the devout Jews do that. Um, and uh, you can take also some called the Feast of Harvest, you'll see here, the first fruits. And so obviously it talks about, the Bible will talk about Jesus being the first fruits of those raising from the dead. Um, Leviticus talks about it, Numbers talks about it, even Jeremiah talks about it. So there's a lot, a lot of scripture talking about the, 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 uh, the Feast of Weeks. And so, yeah, again, what we're celebrating though is this Holy Spirit coming down on us. Is that not just amazing? That's what this is all about and where we are filled. Again, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he started the church age with the power of the Holy Spirit and his glory, that is still available to us. We've just gone off track, right? And a lot of prophetic words are talking about the head of Jesus. We as a body of Christ need to align with the head and understand our power and glory in these times and really celebrate um, that power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a lot of what this ministry focuses on is making sure we have those manifestation gifts, all nine of them, right? And that we, uh, we understand what your spiritual gifts are so you can be engaged in the power of that Holy Spirit. Uh, that's exactly what we're going to be getting into um, in, in, uh, as we go through our impactor training classes and we just uh, we come together in neighborhood.social, which is where everybody can come to do a Facebook replacement of a bunch of Christian patriots uh, called the Christian Impactor Platform. And that's one thing I would love for more of you to just take advantage of this free platform. So Christian Impactor Platform, just go to neighborhood.social, neighborhood.social, um, the Apple app is working as well. You can download that. The Google app should be up by the end of the week. And uh, it's beautiful. Here's the, the resistant chicks posted on here. You can see as part of the feed. It's just, just like a, a feed. But you also have groups and pages. We'd love to have you join us. I want to dig into uh, um, Daniel chapter 4 for today. And I know we've been starting we started with Daniel 1 and 2 and then we went to, once you get into Daniel 2 you have to go to 7 and 8 because it's very related and that brings you into Revelation and then you're talking about the end times. So we've been teaching on that for the last uh, two or three weeks. We're now going to get into Daniel 4 as we continue on that series. But before that we're going to sing the, our brand new song um, and because it's talking about Hosanna. And when I come back to Hosanna I want to talk about the Old Testament a little bit uh, versus the New Testament of definition of that because it kind of slightly changed once Jesus came. He changed a lot of things. He changed our calendar. He changed uh, some of our vocabulary as well. But if you look at Hosanna in the Old Testament and you really look at the root Hebrew, remember most of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, right? And the New Testament, most of it was written in Greek. It was a little bit of Aramaic and both, but most of it is Hebrew in the Old Testament. And the Hebrew word for Hosanna is a compound word. And it really means... Um, uh, if, if you really look at it, it's like, Lord, please, I beg you to save us, right? That's kind of what, what, what the, the meaning of, of Hosea in Hebrew, if you go back, uh, and uh, um, oh, Hosanna, I'm sorry. And so, uh, and, and the, the, Greek, the new Greek word that came out of that because of Jesus became a celebration, Right, Palm Sunday, where they're laying down all the palms, and he's coming on the donkey, and they're saying, Hosanna in the highest. 
I'm sure you guys uh, understand have seen that in the Bible where it's so so beautiful where and it, and it changed that word from uh, begging to save you to say thank you for saving us Lord thank you so it went, went from a begging to a praise and that's kind of what Hosanna means now so this is why this song is so special to many people is it uh, it's it's called Hosanna praise is rising and again a brand new worship video that we've attached scripture to and uh, you'll see here the uh, talks about Hosanna Hosanna eyes hearts and hopes are turning to you we long for you Matthew 21 9 says and the crowds were shouting this is a Palm, Palm Sunday right Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest you know and if can praise that, that that begging him to save us now. You've saved us. Thank you, Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus did, right? The second verse in the song talks about we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fear or all our fears are washed away. Beautiful to wash away all your fears. Ephesians three sixteen says that according to his riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being that's what this is all about guys it's the holy spirit comes into us and we have it in our inner being the holy spirit that will work through us third verse that we emphasize in this song says you are the god who saves us worthy of all praises as we turn hosanna from a begging type word to a praise 1 Peter 1.3 says, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's celebrate that and sing Hosanna. Praise is rising. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you.
was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our inequities in Isaiah 53, 5. And with his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. us to be born again to a living hope. A living hope. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Matthew 21, 9. Whoa, I'm going to do one more song just because I feel like I want to worship a little bit more before we dig into Daniel 4. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Do we focus back on Jesus and what he did for us? Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. This song talks about singing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and they sang a new song. It's Revelations 5, 8 through 10. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, and you shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark. There I will meet with you. That's the ark of the covenant. It's Exodus 25, 17 through 22. So that's Old Testament, where God would come and meet with them. The priest that would go in there once a year, right? But when Christ appeared as a high priest, he entered once and for all the holy places. That's why that curtain ripped from top to bottom. By means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So he sits on the mercy seat right now. We go right through Jesus to the Father with no restrictions. That's Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. Then we celebrate who was and is and is to come. Right of Revelation 1, 8. I'm the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come. That's the Revelation song.
He's a lamb who was slain. She powered well. High Priest.
shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. But when Christ appeared, he was the high priest and entered once and for all the holy places by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Beautiful. That is who we're praising. Um, I'm going to dig into Daniel 4 right now. And then we'll do some more worship in here. Word and worship on Sunday here. And Daniel 4 is where Nebuchadnezzar praises God actually. This is kind of wild. And so you can see how even ungodly kings, right, that built their own statue in, in, in chapter 3, right? Even after he saw Daniel in the lion's den, he saw all those miracles happen with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with the fourth man in the fire. He still was saying, it's your God, Daniel, it's your God. Now he seems to be do, making a good turn, right? It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. This is the first time we see Nebuchadnezzar actually talking about God as being his God. How great are the signs. How great his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion endures from generation to generation. But then we'll see as uh, we get to the second dream that... He has. He kind of flips back to this multiple God thing, right? Which pagans seem to do versus uh, understanding this. And this is where God's going to have to discipline him. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. I lay in bed. The fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians and the enchanters and the Chaldeans and the astrologers came in and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me the inter its interpretation. Of course they couldn't, because this is what God does not like. You know, magicians and enchanters and Chaldeans and astrologers, because they were using the, the black arts versus looking to the Lord God Almighty. At last, Daniel came before me, who was who who was named Belteshazzar. Now that's interesting. That name is all you know. The is is a is a ungodly name. It's because it's talking about the god of the Babylonians at this point in time, right? So and we know his real name is Daniel. After the name of my god, right? And there he goes. He's back to back to now. He's swaying back and forth. And this happens, I think, in our lives sometimes. At least in where people come in and out of belief. The good news is that nobody can snatch you out of his hands once you accepted Christ. That's the insurance of salvation. To me, that's very clear scripturally all over. I teach a whole whole series on that. And he can't, and, but, but we will come in and out. You can see he just honored God in verses 1 through 3. And now he's back to talking about uh, Daniel being named after his God. And in whom the spirit of the holy gods, with an S, I told him the dream, saying, Oh, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dreams, and my dream that I saw, and their interpretation. So here he is thinking that, that somehow Daniel's using the holy gods with a little g, 
and Daniel always c corrects him in the past as well, they saying that no, it's the the one true God, and this whole dream is all about making sure Nebuchadnezzar knows who the true God is, and I think that's what God's going to be doing to this cabal. So he takes them down. They're either going to come to him or they're going to be judged. Right, And I told him in the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the vision of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The vision of my head, I lay in bed, were these. I saw, behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived on in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head, as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, and of the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let this portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast mind be given to him. Ouch! And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, Tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make no one to me their interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. There he is again, talking in his pagan ways. And here you have Daniel interpreting the second, second dream. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while. This is interesting, because and his thoughts alarmed him. Because you never want to give a king bad news, right? <laughs> and this is why, um, in some ways, the prophets of today that I think are true are giving us a lot of good news. Is, uh, it's, it's easier for them than it was for you know, these poor prophets like Isaiah and, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, just all these, these prophets that had to give all the bad news about the destruction of, of the northern kingdom then the destruction of the southern kingdom. How hard it would be to be talking to, to these, these kings and... So now he's, he's for the first time, he, he kind of given him good news in the past, right? This, this is bad news he's going to have to give the king. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, and, and, and the king knew it, he could tell, because he says, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or interpretation alarm you. He knew there was, a, there was some bad news in it. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you, and its interpretation for your enemies. That's kind of him softening this up, right? The trees you saw, which grew and became strong, so that its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Those leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and whose branches the birds of the heavens lived, 
It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a bound of iron and bronze in, in the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time passes over. This is interpretation, O king. It is the decree of the Most High. Now he's back correcting him, right? So, which has come upon my Lord the King, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet in the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And this is really making, there's only one God, right? Clearly, Nebuchadnezzar's going to have to learn this. And as it was commanded to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be accepted to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your in iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity and this is what it actually happened so now we see to see the fulfillment of this prophecy coming through and uh, again I know I'm going to relate this a little bit back to America and the prophecies that are coming now and what I believe is going to happen right because you just think about this you have the stump that was still there so let's read this, and then we'll apply it a little bit to what, where I believe this is kind of kind of applying to today. Um, 28, verse 28, again, of chapter 4 of Daniel. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. So it took a whole 12 months for this prophecy to come true. So we have to remember, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes years and years. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, It's... Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Can you feel, you can just feel the pride in that, right? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will immediately the word was fulfilled against nebuchadnezzar he was driven from among the men and ate grass like an ox and his body was wet with dew of heaven Till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. Could you imagine how ugly he was? You know, at, and at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, now here he is writing again as he was restored. So at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, 
completely changed man, you can see. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay in his hands or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. And boy, did he humble Nebuchadnezzar here, right? And um, again, now he knows it's the king of heaven, right? And he understands that this is the one true God. And there's an interesting parallel. So I want to obviously this when we study chapters two, eight, and nine, it parallels to that. Talks about this kingdom, um, especially in two and seven, when it talks about uh, especially the lion that got his wings clipped, right? And uh, that's him. And it talks about the the, the, he, the mind of a beast. The, the was the, the lion stood up and got a mind of a man. That's when he got his mind back. Almost everybody believes that that's referring to what happened here in chapter 4 of Daniel um, that we read in chapter 8 that we've already studied. Um, but that's interesting. But I think this also parallels today. I always like to say, well, how, well, what, do we, what does God want us to learn from this today? Uh, number one is that we can go in and out of belief, but God has us in his hands. I talked about that earlier, right? Um, we just need to, to hold, we'll go through hard times, just like we were singing and praising to him. We, we, can, we, can, we can understand him. But also just think about America where it was almost like uh, that, that the vision of that big tree, everything was being fed off and it was a beautiful place and it was doing so many awesome things and then you just saw the cabal start to take control of it over the last several hundred years and it just turned to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything spread out and everybody divided and, and it's a division and, and, the, and the atrocious um, policies of Biden and the Brandonomics hitting us right now where everything's being destroyed, right? But that stump was still there, right? I want to make sure, and I believe that stump is kind of like the remnant that God still has in America. And he is going to restore it from the stump. It's going to appear dead. I think Juan O'Savin's coming on the show this week, and he always talks about a near-death experience of America. So you can't expect things to get worse, I really believe. That's something that we need to, to be careful of. It's not um, depending on everything's going to get good overnight uh, here in the short term because there's still a lot of people he has to shake awake and a lot of churches that are not involved in fighting for this country right and he's going to shake them awake as well he's either going to give you shake them awake and they make a decision they're going to come into the fight and come into the fold understand the glory of the holy spirit that we just talked about in pentecost or they're going to just be moved out of the way right and but uh, what we do know is that the best is yet to come uh, there's too many prophetic words. I just just studied another guy named Nathan French out of Washington, the state of Washington, which is kind of a, a very ungodly state, right? Um, church state. And he and, and what God's doing to him, the new tent he put up, and everybody's coming there to Tacoma, Washington, in in revival type thing. It's a 10-year prophecy that the, many of the people in that area that were believers, the remnant, that stump was still there. And they were believed in it, and they said this. And they were told ten years ago that when a tent shows up in your city, um, the revival has begun. 
So just over the last month, this has happened with Nathan French. You can go look at Nathan French uh, and look at him in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, he's got three books out that he's just been listening to God. And I tell you what, that religious spirit, he's been attacked by that religious spirit. But he's just obeying the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit's alive there. People are being healed. People are coming to the Lord right and left. And this is an amazing time. And that's going to be happening worldwide. Right? Where the people, the remnant, that stump, if you will, is going to grow back into a beautiful kingdom of God worldwide. We're going to take possession of the nations. It's going to be a beautiful time. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on taking down this cabal using the authority in Christ he's given us. Make sure we understand that authority in Christ and the power we have of the Holy Spirit. As we align with the head, Jesus. Let's align with the head now. Focus all our guns, not on each other, but on the cabal. God's going to take care of the churches and the people that have the religious spirit that will not move over to his glory that's going to be happening, right? We don't need to judge that and worry about that. What we need to focus on is taking the cabal down with our power and authority that he's given us, called down the Lion of Judah, called down angels of all rankings and divisions like we do on the show almost every single night. And then we will become that stump that grows back up into the kingdom of God like never before. It's going to be completely restored. It's going to be a time like no other. It's going to be a time that Satan feared and the hell feared to see his church come together and grow and be, a, be without spot or blemish, ready as a bride. That is going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting time. And uh, he can do so much. And that's why I'm going to dig into this next song about grace to guard. He's going to take that stump and turn it into a huge kingdom of God, right? Just like he did with Nebuchadnezzar, we restored him. He's going to restore America. He's going to restore the world. And uh, only only Lord can do that. That's that first verse that we emphasize in this song. Lord, there's nothing better than you. You're the only one who can. Exodus 8.10 says that. That you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's our focus. It's on the Lord and taking this cabal down. Philippians 3.8. We need to spend more time with the Lord, be in his word. We talk about that. And now what else are we supposed to be doing? We're doing what we're doing right now. Worship him. Praise him. That's your weapon. And what will he do? Number two says, you're, he'll turn mourning, sadness, to dancing. He'll give beauty for ashes. Right now, Psalm 30.11. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the mourning. Isaiah 61.3. He'll turn bones into armies like he did in Ezekiel 37. Those dead bones of the churches, those dead bones of these people that you think are lost, no. Because just like Ezekiel with the dead bones said, So I prophesied, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. He's about ready to make a great army of what? Uh, a great army out of the, all these dead bones across America, all these dead bones all across the world where the world economic form and all these globals have destroyed everything in the World Health Organization trying to be tyrants. But it's just, he's going to turn seas into highways is what he's going to do. Just like he said here in the fourth verse, you turn seas into highways. Just like he did to the Red Sea where Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back. And the people of Israel went into the midst of sea, the sea on dry ground, like it says 14. That's what he's going to do. 
He's going to split that sea wide open as we sing in other songs. Let's turn to Graves of Gardens.
but then beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning. That you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Exodus 8.10. Is that not true? I'm going to another song. Then we're going to do some in discussion that you have. Ask me any questions or just tell us what the Lord's doing in your life. Nathan French. Somebody put the link backstage <laughs> for that. This song is talking about light of the world. You step down in the darkness. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever knows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's the beauty of John 8, 12, uh, 8, 8, 12 talks about there. Um, he is the light of the world. We've been studying that. We just studied John 8 this week, and, and yesterday you can see that teaching. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. John 20, 28. This is when Thomas saw Jesus, the resurrected Christ, and he says, My Lord and my God. Again, he called him my God, and Jesus did not correct him because he is God in flesh. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy. Whither are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power? For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Revelation 4.11 The fourth verse we emphasize here is, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. So Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a ransom for many. That includes you. He gave his life as a ransom for me, a ransom for you. We'll never know how much it costs that sin on that cross. So let's just tell him we're here to worship.
I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thomas answered him and said, My Lord and my God. And worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. beautiful though to be able to worship him and uh, right now we're just going to get any discussion anybody has about any thoughts about uh, this verse we only have a little bit of time left but I wanted to invite you all to come backstage at some point in time right it's it's a uh, uh, there's a whole list of benefits if you just go to blessedteach.com and hit the black backstage tab including being backstage here for word worship as well as for praise and prayer Mondays and Thursdays on praise and prayer Friday at, at 5 o'clock um, uh, for Word and Worship on Friday. And then here at 10 a.m. CST on Sunday. And then you can be backstage when Amanda Grace was back there. You could be backstage with Chris last night, right? Uh, or Friday night. Uh, you could have been backstage with Amanda when she came to be interviewed. Backstage with Mary Crowley. She's prophesying over us. Backstage with Ronald Savin this week. Backstage with Derek Johnson coming up. As well, Lloyd Brunson, who's got the Brunson case that's in front of the Supreme Court now. All these people you can be backstage with and be on Zoom with them. It's just fun. And uh, also you have a lot of access to, to this information, such as the Searchy platform. So we just really encourage you to come backstage. Uh, again, it's blessedteach.com. It used to be seventeen seventy six a month, by the way, because obviously we were a patriot Christian platform. We've kind of moved into a ministry now. And so uh, that, with that, that transition has made us think through, okay, instead of 17.76 a month that people were paying for years, we're just gonna make a pay forward model like the chosen. And uh, we'd love to have you back here and don't want money to get in the way at all. And we already talked about neighborhood.social too, where we're actually getting together and there's a lot of other Zoom groups and that are getting together. You shouldn't be isolated during this time, right? Just get, so getting connected with other Christian patriots. So I think there's a bunch of activities coming up. And before we get into questions and discussions, uh, anybody that wants to... Uh, so for those of you back um, on Rumble and Facebook as well, if you have any questions or just want to share anything about this, I know Ken from Facebook says, We give thanks and praise the Lamb of Father God for when that day comes, all eyes will see Him in the clouds. Every knee shall bow down and worship Him. Hallelujah, says Ken. And Ken, uh, thank you. You've been a big privilege for us just to see you coming back into being able to worship again after the loss of your wife. I'm so sorry you went through that, but I'm so happy you're back in to be able to worship him with all your heart. Um, Ken's from Connecticut. We've got Marie from Scotland on here. Patsy from Tennessee. Thank you guys for being here. Nancy says, Grand Day Arising. Um yeah, and so we really appreciate you guys. So sorry for the, the, the poor start with the video. 
But that's this shows it's a live show, right? And I need to check my checklist in more detail <laughs> before we go live. I wanted to show you just real quickly. So if you go to neighborhood.com, and uh, this is where you can do do uh, the groups, and you go to groups. And uh, these groups that are here, I'm going to go to the active B2G Zoom groups. Here, here they all are. You can see all different times. I'll go backwards this time. This is uh, so Saturday at noon. It just happened yesterday. Every Saturday at noon, this, there's 93 members you can see here, right? And uh, they meet every Saturday at noon, a safe place to talk or truth connectors, right? And Wednesday night, Gus teaches a Bible study backstage. Right. I also, I also I sort of do a little bit of training on this platform and other things beforehand. Prayer Care is uh, right today, 3 o'clock p.m. CST. So join join these people. This uh, Again, Christian patriots coming together, sharing the Word of God. We have Courts of Heaven Friday at 3 p.m., very powerful group where they literally go into the courts with different issues. And um, many people are having visions of what's happening what, when they go into that courts. A uh, very important thing that we need to be doing as we fight the evil here on earth, we bind, we bind. He says, you know, it talks about we can bind things here on earth as in heaven. And when we bind things, loose things or bind things here on earth, it will happen in heaven. That's important. And then right after this service at noon CST, top of the hour, growing in the fruits of the spirit. Again, another beautiful group just honoring the Lord God Almighty and the word of God. PCR. Project Children Rescue starts Tuesday night. Um, and we do that also Thursday morning at 11 a.m. CST to kind of hit different countries and time zones. And then Intimacy with the Holy Spirit, noon CST Tuesday. Um, and then God Squad Wednesdays at 11 uh, CST. So, so again, this is where you can come and get engaged in the Christian Impactor platform, right? So that's the Christian Impactor platform. Love to have you. Neighborhood.social. Just go to neighborhood.social. With that, uh, I was going to see if anybody had anything backstage I wanted to discuss um, on either the Pentecost or Daniel 7. See if anybody has anything online as well. You can type in the chats uh, on Facebook or Rumble. Um, beautiful. And what do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think of the new song of Hosanna in the highest? That was pretty cool. I might play that again as we leave because it kind of is a beautiful example of what uh, it's a brand new video we debuted today. And all right, not a lot. I can make a comment about Noah and the ark or Noah and the boat. Okay, go ahead. I think that that is just the cutest thing, (laughs) and I laugh every time I see those funny little animals coming on, Uh and I. I don't know. I just—it's really—it's light and it's good, and I makes me smile. Just makes me smile. Makes me happy mm-hmm. because some of them are, some of our songs are a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. but that's so light. And the fact that he was willing to share that with us, and so we can put it on the, the the um, praise is um, really a blessing. So I just want to say that I love that song. Yeah, it's that kind of. I like rattle too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool to just know Curtis Grimes, have him on the show a few times, playing stuff live for us, and then he gives us permission to use that. is uh, is is, is really exciting. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing, uh, and I'm just so excited about what we're doing with the music. Right, it's kind of a music ministry of what we have now. 
of a video worship attached to scripture. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, I love, love that. that. I love that. Me too. <laughs> I saw I saw Chris come on. I, I don't know if you had something, Chris, at all. <laughs> okay, okay, just coming to say hi. No, we appreciate you all so much. And this is part of what we love about Backstage. So we get into some deep discussions on our Bible studies on Wednesday nights with Gus, where it's a little more private. This is, this is with... Uh, thousands of people watching <laughs> this video each each week um, but again we'd love to have you back here and it's uh, become a powerful powerful ministry so I'm gonna I'm gonna go into well, well let's do that she just talked about Noah build a boat there are two newest songs so we'll do Noah build a boat and then we'll we'll wrap it up with a brand new song about Hosanna so here is Noah build a boat and what's cute about this is is that he wrote this uh, song and it really wasn't really focused back on the, when the original writers wrote it, it wasn't really focused on the story. So he, he centered it around the story of Genesis 6.14. Noah built a boat sitting in the sand, told everybody, said, man, you've lost your mind this time. That thing ain't never going to float. And uh, pointing back to Genesis 6, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And it says, so let them call you crazy. Many people call us crazy, right? And maybe it's true. It's true that we're a little bit crazy because <laughs> we know how crazy the world is. But there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith and a whole lot of hope. That's what we have is hope. And uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. When God opens a door, he'll lead you through. Isn't that true? He leads us right now. Revelation 3.8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. What God opens can't be shut so take every chance you get and don't you quit because if you believe it's true it starts with you and i think this comes back to just so great in this movement of awake christians right where we, we we're called christian nationals because we love the love the country it's just crazy but it says then let, let's not grow weary of doing good though for in due season we will reap if we do not give up so it's not time to give up Said, let's concentrate and do what Noah did. He kept building. He kept building the boat. People gonna tell you you're crazy for dreams or something you wake up from and not pursue. When God opens a door, well, He'll lead you through. So take that leap of faith or you regret what you didn't do. Remember, Noah built a boat sitting in the sand. Told everybody, everybody sitting, man, you've lost your mind this time. That thing ain't never gonna float. So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true. But there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith. And a whole lot of hope wasn't even supposed to rain when Noah built a boat. Won't be easy, and that's a cold hard fact. It can spin you around, flip you upside down, leave you flat on your back. And when you think you can't, just hold your head up high until it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. Remember, Noah built a boat. 
sitting in the sand Told everybody, everybody said Man, you've lost your mind this time That thing ain't never gonna flow So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true But there's nothing impossible to do With a little bit of faith And a whole lot of hope wouldn't even supposed to rain If you believe it's true, it starts with you. Noah built a boat sitting in the sand. Told everybody, everybody said, Man, you've lost your mind this time. That thing ain't never gonna float. So let them call you crazy, maybe it's true. But there's nothing impossible to do with a little bit of faith And a whole lot of hope wasn't even supposed to rain When Noah built a boat Oh, Noah built a boat Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Hmm. Isn't that cute? <laughs> We're going to end with Hosanna, Praises Rising, our brand new song that was just debuted today. This is, uh, talk about Hosanna. Remember, Hosanna in the Old Testament was more like, please. I beg you, God, save us. In the New Testament, when it turned from that Hebrew to the Greek word and Jesus on Palm Sunday, it changed to, thank you, praise the Lord, he saved us. Hosanna, Hosanna, eyes, hearts, and hopes are turning to you. We long for you. And the crowds were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, out of Matthew 21, 9. We find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. That according to this riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's Ephesians 3.16. And you are the God who saves us, worthy of our praises. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's 1 Peter one three. So right now, let's uh, worship this God that it, that in Palm Sunday came on the donkey, ended up dying for our sins. Remember, then he was crucified, died, was buried, but he was raised on the third day. Then he showed himself for forty days, and then he gave us his Holy Spirit after he ascended. Woo! are turning to you we turn to you hope is stirring hearts are yearning 
When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. us to be born again to a living hope. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. A beautiful video that goes with that as well, isn't it? I'm not going to get the Revelation song again. Let me come here. I just wanted to uh, say thank you guys for joining us here on this Sunday. Uh, Ken says on Facebook, Has B2G ever thought of offering a segment of your service to receive short testimony 
from those who want to share how God, Jesus, has worked in their lives. And that's a good point, uh, Ken. And uh, I've responded to him on Facebook here. But that is exactly what we try to do with praise and prayer every Monday and Thursday. Um, maybe we'll add a little bit of that segment to to Word and Worship as well. We'll have to think about that. Uh, it's a little tougher to get the teaching and the songs as well as some discussion of the teaching in. So, uh, But I wanted to invite you guys. And that's um, Anybody can come backstage to do that at any time they'd like, to share anything God's doing in their life, to share their testimony. Right, and uh, we will. Ma- I'm going to make that a little more blunt when I talk about. Hey, it's time for praise reports. Um, it's really time for testimonies. It's time for praise reports. It's time for what's God doing in your life, right? I think that's very important that we share that as believers with others, as that it really expands the kingdom. If people see that, that it res- resonates with them often, right? Um, I think you guys have heard my testimony several times, probably, but uh, those of you who have not. Just real quickly, as we have uh, uh, gone over time here, but I just wanted to let you guys know that I, I didn't accept Christ until I was 29 years old. I was a successful business person, uh, uh, a career at Arthur Anderson that turned to Accenture. They were paying for my school to go back, my, my books and my my uh, cost of school to go to University of Texas to get my MBA. So I was at the liberal city of Austin, Texas, which is by far the most liberal city in in uh, in in, uh, in the Texas area, and it's really bad right now. You've probably heard of things going on down there, right, with with Antifa and all kinds of things. But uh, I was in Austin at a very liberal college, University of Texas, getting my MBA, and I started. Uh, when I came home for Christmas, I ended up I met uh, this beautiful girl, and I was uh, single, and so I started dating her uh, remotely. And uh, the only problem was I was an evolutionist, and she was a, she was a Mormon. Okay, so that that's that's two kind of different worlds, right? I was a secularist. If she was, she was in this um, religion that teaches that God was once a man, that you can become a god yourself, and it teaches polytheism. As man is, God was, and man may become. So completely non-biblical teachings, and somebody who really didn't believe in the Bible, and the agnostic evolutionists, right? So what happened there is um, I decided, well, my, I don't want to become a Mormon, because I saw how judgmental they were when I lived in Idaho. That's where I, uh, where my parents were living at the time. And so I started, started well, as an Episcopalian, which I didn't learn anything, nor did I accept Christ. I was a, you know, they call it Catholic light in the Episcopalian religion a lot of time, but I had no idea. I hadn't accepted Christ. And so I started, stu- I said, I, I better study what, I, what I'm supposed to believe as Episcopalian so I don't have to become a Mormon if I really, because we were really, really found love. And um, so two things happened. Number one, she started trying to get me, when we did see each other, she'd fly down to, to Austin or I'd, or I'd be back home in Idaho. Um, she'd want to always bring the missionaries that are trained to confuse Christians. They really are, if you look at the MTC, because they train you and try to teach that there's multiple gods, that you can become a god, that there's polytheism, that Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are separate gods, which is not true. All false teachings, and none, none of that's in the Book of Mormon, by the way. It's in all their other Doctrine of Covenants, Pearl of Great Plies, the Book of Abraham. And I can show you massive details now that I got, because as you know, I have the... I have, when, when I have the gift of knowledge, one thing is I just go really deep. It, it drives some people crazy because some people call it obsession, right? Cause, uh, so I started studying um, 
the book of uh, the, for the first time, reading through the whole New Testament and started going to a Bible study and started figuring out what I'm supposed to believe. And I, I accepted Christ through that at, on actually um, after going after going to three or four Bible studies, reading the whole New Testament, started studying the evidence that demands a verdict, and I and I did not want to accept Christ because I thought it would change my life. I was loving, right? I was partying all the time. I was drinking in in, in the cowboy bars down there. And I didn't want to change that. I also didn't want to become a missionary in Africa, right? So I, I was pushing back on it. And But then I on Good Friday of 1991, I went to the, what's it called? The, uh, uh, what's now called Crew. It used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. They were putting on a movie called the Jesus Movie. And I went to the Jesus Movie and it, and, and it just moved me you know, like mad. But, and they tried to do, get you to say that sinner's prayer afterwards, but I didn't want to say it. So I walked out. Of the movie, <laughs> uh, but then I was on a sidewalk, and I, and I knew he was an awesome God, and he loved me, and he wasn't going to do anything that wasn't good for me, and so I just repented right then, and accepted him as my savior. Another complication is I knew it was going to be really um, hard on the woman I was falling in love with, because and and. You can tell that was hard, um, and so and so now you had now you had instead of an evolutionist and a Mormon, you had a Mormon and a born again Christian, and uh, that's a real big problem too. And so uh, as she started spending more time with me in Austin, and she was just graduating and it was going to be living in Dallas, and she ended up moving to Dallas so that we could continue to date. So we we're only three hours apart. Um, it. Uh, became even more intense where we spent more time together but she had more missionaries after me than ever and but this time i had studied all the depth of the new testament i studied the depth of mormonism and saw how different it was and uh, so i got extremely good and and i probably had 150 ways to, to show mormons that, that that their gospel was absolutely wrong which it is it teaches a different gospel clearly so even if Joseph Smith did see an angel, Galatians 1.8 says, even if, you know, even if we or an angel from heaven should teach a gospel other than what we want to teach, let that let them be accursed. Right? And so, uh, you know, make a long story short here, is the, uh, the that friction that happened. Uh, but I made no, no real good progress with the missionaries or Shannon. Um, the the good thing about uh, my now wife is that she she loved me enough to, to at least try to open her mind up and she had walked an aisle before she became a Mormon uh, down a Baptist church and I think she actually accepted Christ but then the Mormon church made her inactive if that makes sense because she believed all the wrong things that she could become a god that she had to get married in the temple and that she had to baptize people for the dead and all her ancestry was German so it was really hard for her and, and her life was miserable from that perspective in many ways right but the whole point that that really uh, I wanted to, wanted to come across to you today number one is is, uh, you, is is that my life got way better at, at when this happened I ended up marrying Shannon after she came to understand what was happening um, I had learned how to witness appropriately to cults and Mormons by you have to get them off their source of truth 
if their source of truth is the prophet, it doesn't matter how many evidences I show them that the true gospel, what the true Trinity was, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that you cannot become a god yourself. That, that, didn't, that it was overridden from their belief in the prophet. So I had to go show them that Bruce McConkie was lying to them. The name of the church was not in the Mormonism all the time. They, and he taught in Book Mormon Doctrine it was. I showed Bruce McConkie lied. I, show, I could show them Joseph Smith copied from the 1611 King James Version that had translation errors that were brought over into the Book of Mormon. It wasn't golden plates and reformed Egyptian silver plates. It was literally copying from the book from, from, from the, the Bible, the 1611 version specifically, right? And I could also show them that the book of Abraham was actually the book of the dead from Egyptians. And he lied and tried to say that it was a book of Abraham. And it was literally, Egyptologists can show you the fragments that are copied in there to show you it was the book of the dead. So once I started getting them to show that their leaders were lying to them, that Joseph Smith was married to a child and his mother at the same time he was a pedophile, so it was Brigham Young, you start showing it. Then, then finally I got them off their source of truth and start thinking for themselves, just like a red pilling. You get them to think for themselves. So that's a one message is that if you're dealing with somebody that's in a cult, that's teaching the wrong God, the wrong Jesus, or the wrong gospel, um, the way you attack that is you've got to get them off their source of truth. Okay? And then the, the second thing is just, uh, just, just if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, it, it's, it's a matter of just submitting to him. And uh, what he did with me is I ended up, having, and ended up seeing, uh, which is almost impossible, a Mormon um, come, I, I shared with her where Joseph Smith literally boasted above Christ. Joseph Smith said, 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 said that Jesus' followers ran away from him, but they haven't, haven't, haven't uh, gone away from me yet. And that hit Shannon. Now, it hasn't worked for any other Mormon because their source of truth was wrong. But for Shannon, who had accepted Christ probably as a child walking down the aisle in the Baptist church, it, she saw Joseph Smith in the quote right from the history of the church. I would take all original Mormon documents, show them how they changed the Doctrine and Covenants, how they've even changed parts of the Book of Mormon, how they've changed massive parts of Doctrine and Covenants. Say, Jesus told me this here, but then it changes massively and you don't document it. He said, he told me this in December 4th, 1832, right? And then all of a sudden it changes massively. Well, that's because it's, it's a corrupt religion that has false teachers, right? So I'm sorry for being so strong for, for, on this, but I want to make sure anybody that's a Mormon understands you've got to go back and think for yourself because that is a false religion based on false premises of doctored books and things that teach you can become a god yourself and that God was once a man that you had to earn your way to heaven, that, that all, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were separate gods. Those are all false teachings, right? And so that's another part of, my, of the testimony of how God took a Mormon who, who realized Joseph Smith was boasting above Christ and, uh, and accepted Christ and bowed to him after I had bowed to him, scared that he was going to ruin my life. Instead, I'm dating somebody that doesn't drink. She loves me. We now have two kids. <laughs> cool stuff and and instead of sending me to Africa to do missions you know he just blessed my career because I wasn't stressed anymore I wasn't trying to brown nose I wasn't trying to get to the top I was just serving my clients and I didn't care what other people talked about and I was bold in Christ and my career flourished and I became a partner at Accenture it was beautiful beautiful now he's called me to full time ministry obviously um, and so don't let the thought of Christ is going to do something that is, uh, that is going to change your life for the worse because that's not what happens. He blesses you. 
and now you'll get convicted of that sin and your things will change in your life. But uh, that, anyway, that's just a, a quick overview of, of uh, what God did in my life um, through taking a, a Mormon and an evolutionist and becoming two biblical Christians. And now he's basically converted me into an evangelical that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and all the manifestation gifts. That's all coming, guys. And, uh, the, and the, the people he's going to use is his remnant that believe that. He's, he's, he's drawn two lines in the sand. One line is to say, hey, do you know Jesus or don't you? That's a big one, right? But there's another line coming in the sand. The religious and legalistic spirit is being moved out for his glory to show up. This is the end times, guys, where, where they, the manifestation of the spirit, we need to, again, the head is Jesus. We need to, as the body of Christ, align with him and understand the power of the Holy Spirit and use that power. And that's what we're going to be doing here in this ministry. Um, I love you guys. So we'll try to do that. We'll try to get somebody to give a testimony, um, at least on Mondays and Thursdays, and we have time there, maybe a little bit, and uh, get get people's testimonies. Um, if you have a testimony or just want to share what God's doing, like Ken is talking, would love to have everybody do that, even if you're not part of the ministry and you just uh, feel led um, as we sing this awesome music to come backstage. And again, that's free. We took out all barriers. You literally go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two teach.com. You hit the backstage tab and boom, sign up, create an account, send you a Zoom link. That's how easy it is, right? And then you have also access to this Kajabi platform that has all the searchy tools to, to look at prophecies, be able to search and find the exact video of where the prophets talked or where anything in our Blessed Teach show talked. You will love that tool. You also love all the, the Zoom meetings we're doing on neighborhood.social. I'd love to have you uh, back here sharing your testimony, sharing what God's doing in your life, or just giving a praise report about what we've prayed about that have, has come true. So sorry for the length of that, but I uh, love you guys so much. wanted to just to ask if each of you would not mind unmuting and saying goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, well, Nanette from Sweden. Thank you. Then we Bye, got, everybody. Then we Thanks got, for coming. Uh, Lois from Thanks Washington. We got, uh, then we got Chris. Uh, for, I always keep remembering where Chris is from. North Ohio. Ohio. That's right. You're in Ohio. You're the East Coast. You're on the East Coast. Uh, we love you. All right. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you next love time. Bye-bye. I want you to know my polka dots are happy. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. <laughs>